Okay, we have to see the difference between, we are going to deal with the difference between ethics and morality. We dated with briefly last time as we have concluded. We saw that morality is what pertains to what is approved by a society. Given people have sat down and agreed on the principles that can govern their lives. Like being kind, being fair, taking, talking good to people does not hurt, being gentle, telling the truth, being honest with others and with yourself, being considerate. All this is a package of morality. All cultures have had it. The degree may matter, may vary, but all cultures have survived up to today have been living immorally. And therefore, those people who are born in those cultures, they are socialized. The parents begin to socialize us. These are the values they embrace in living a good moral way. And therefore, we conform to them. There are ethics about conforming to what has been agreed upon and have been lived by your predecessor. You don't need to question that. And you don't question it. On that level, you are dealing with what is approved and what is not approved. Period. Then, ethics goes beyond by mere conforming to what is approved and what is disapproved in our communities. Here we begin to ask the question, why? Why should girls don't go to the bedroom of boys? Why should boys don't go to the bedrooms of girls? Why should the father not to the bed rather go to the bedroom? children of go unless there is an emergency. Why should the children don't go to the bedroom of their parents unless they have been called there and for our given reasons? These are some of the things we have been having. These are some customs and taboos. Why should they when reach the hand of Uganda, when reach the age of um, after puberty? Uh, that's the time you don't, you can play with your cousin, brothers and sisters the way you want when you are young. When you reach that time, then say, mm -hmm. you can play with them, but you don't need to try to make sure you are not so close in terms of distances. Keep a distance. You don't greet them with your hand. Share handshake unnecessarily. Why? Because towards taboos. There are many do's and don'ts in many of our cultures. Why should the, the daughter-in-law does not come straight on in the home of the father-in-law? That was there. And so forth. Every culture has this. But then, the reason people did things for the sake of doing, 
But then ask why. The question why brings us ethics. Now, reasons must be given. I'm not simply conforming to what is given in my culture. I'd like to give the example of needing. I give reasons why needing in such a position is necessary. Not only culturally, but also enhancing my bodily health and flexibility. So, there is quality ethics bringing the notion of reason, and not only reason, then right reason is emphasized. And from there, you create what you call a self-rule. I do these things because I've embraced them as my own. They were for my grandparents, my mother, and now my mother told me, and now I take them to be for me because I'm looking for the possibility of self-actualization. And I teach them to my children to begin with slowly, and then I give them reasons why we do them as part of our family. One of the challenges we have in this country today is this. Many people think that the president has overstayed in power, which is okay. That is his personal problem, not mine. But the families have disintegrated as we are looking. One lady was in Kenya, I was regretting this word, something said. Stop blaming teachers for the failure of behavior of children in life. Parents have had a chance, God has given them a chance. You know, there is a blessing in disguise, COVID is a blessing in disguise. Parents have had a chance to be with their children, to teach them all the values they want for this one year and a half. Have they done it? Teach them to respect themselves and others, other people's property and whatever. Teach them to be independent. Everybody wants to be independent, doesn't want to be in the, the, uh, what, colonized by another. You can't reach full potential unless you are independent. And you can't ever be independent because you are colonized. Not the past colonization, the new colonization we are in, financial colonization. Uganda is going to pay a lot of money in the future. Be ready to pay that money. The way we are spending in our budget today, be ready to pay for the next 90 years. You are going to work, you repay, you die, your children will repay. Ah, that's where we are. And there is no much independence. But we're saying about children to be independent. Independence of a child does not mean that he has to be financially independent. No. Let them begin to do things by themselves without taking reference on others. Do you need to take a cup of tea? Yes. Who is going to give it to you? Prepare it for yourself. Then you can give others generosity, you can extend your independence to others. Give it to others. Take a cup of tea. That was given that example. Let them learn to do things. After taking a cup of tea, wash it yourself immediately. Why do you leave the maid to wash it for you? So those are the small, small things. And washing plates is an art. 
is a skill to keep them clean. Until you go and find yourself you have to wash them clean. When you have to look for employment for cleanliness, then we know that it means. For me, I've done it in the hotels. I was in one of the hotels called Erika Hotel, five-star hotel in Netherlands. My duty was to clean things. Could find a pile of them from there. Of course, you use the machine, but also with the machine, they can fail to be clean. You have to be skillful. And you have to be quick. And you should not break them. The machine takes you two, one, three minutes to wash. But within a few minutes, you have to pack those things you need to put in the next set. And you have to remove this one, run and take them to where they're supposed to be disposed, to be kept. And then bring the crate back, fit in others, put in the machine. For four, five, six hours, you're just running up and down. So when your mother is telling you, go to the garden, spend four, three hours in the garden, it's not child abuse. It's preparing you for resilience. Our young man here was working here. If the mother used to tell them, go to the garden and carry firewood for three kilometers back home, child abuse? No. So he came here, ah, my mother made us work. He said, ah, your mother was good. He made your back to learn how to stand for a long time. If you want to be a barber, they call them what? These saloons. Can you make a saloon when you don't have the ability to stand? Eh? No. How do you learn the ability to stand and to be a joint you are? Gardening is part of it. You can learn it in the other ways, but that's one way. So many of these things of independence, we have to do things. Don't ask your mother, why should we go to the garden every day and then it took three hours? For us at home, we used to do, we, did, we, are used, we are used to the digging twice. In the morning, come back, have lunch, go and at least one hour and a half in the evening. But we never lived in the poverty because food was plenty. When people are gambling with the food, buying the food, I wonder, land is there and you are gambling with the food. Anyway, if you have no land, that's another thing. But they children want to go, these days, my, the Gawai grand, they go there, they made their parents, made them, you go for an hour and a half or two, they come back. They do not have enough food. No, ethics helps us. Get conviction for the things you do. And that you ask the question, why? Why do we do this? And then, uh, that why should be answered in a right and reasonable way. That is ethics, conviction. But then you have types of ethics. The what you call descriptive ethics. This is what we matter of morality mainly. You go, you observe how people live their lives. And you don't make any judgment. That is, mainly anthropologists use that. Use, they use that ethical language which they used to describe sociologists. How marriage ceremonies are organized in our culture. Each culture has a difference. And you don't need to make, say, this is how 
in an ethical way. Things are done in our culture. We need two cows, but before the cows come, we need an understanding between the two who are going to get married. Then the introduction should be arranged like this and this. Do we need a role of things where the park, you know, today you see people bring lorries of things? No, we don't need it. So we don't need all those kinds of things. All right, do it the way you do it, but not to call it. There are some observer activities that are done in the community, and you don't make any judgment. So research, those who are doing anthropology and sociology, they go and research and write books Marriage according to the Kikuyu, according to the Ganda, according to Iteso, according, according, according. That is the ethical dimension of marriage in that area. You leave it at that. They tell you we do this because of ABC. We do this because of ABC. Yeah, then before the girl is sent off for the Kenebuganda, the dust day, you have to bring us to the Katia. And so in the Mambo, the Kikuyus, you have to be very careful. You may fail to get the woman back because you take you long. For them, every woman in the village, if there is a ceremony, they make sure after paying all the dowry, the day you are going to come for the wife, you, they, tell, they don't tell you, they surprise you. They want to check your patience. They say, no, our daughter will not walk on the ground. Uh -huh. And you are not going to lift her from here. So, you have to be prepared to have some money to buy the kangas, they call them what? Lessons. Eh? These are, uh, they can't, I've got them kangas in Swahili, whatever. Hmm? Less, yes, those ones. So, you have to buy a set of more than 40, depending on the village women, that for them they want a souvenir, it's a game. No, because they want to hurt you. They want to have a sephonia. When the daughter of son so got married, I got a sephonia of this kanga. So, any kanga she steps on, she steps on once. And then she goes to the second. As soon as she stepped on, she's taken away by one of the women. And the women, you go dancing. They accompany her up to the car. They block your car. For distance, they know they want. For the, the kangas they want. So, and that's a game. Why do they do it like that? That is their ethical whatever that is. These are our daughter in the village. We need to get something from uh, this her, her going. Then you have a code called normative ethics. This is where it goes beyond a culture. This is the set of rules by which people are expected to judge the goodness or the badness of their actions. This is a general. Uh, we use it many parents, teachers, counselors, preachers. They say, this action is not good. That's a general way, objectively. Taking people's property without asking them, without they agreeing that you should take it, is not good. Uh -huh. That is general agree. That is normative ethics. So that is the ethical standards we find in the schools, in the government, in the places of work, and in churches, in families. Those are the things called, that is normative. We have to have clear reasons for the goodness and the badness of the actions. Then, from there, we go to what we call, uh, what we call meta-ethics. 
I'm going quickly because you can read on your own. Metaethics. Metaethics is a What goes in that in the process of uh, formation of these insects and so forth? Now, meta here is used the term which goes beyond what we see. And in many here we are talking about the analysis and the meaning of the terms we use in the ethics. We are going to look at the two terms we use in ethics. We are going to look at what is act of man, and we are going to look at the human act. Those are terminologies. Another time somebody looking at them may say, this is, are they playing with words? Yes, they are playing with words, but with loaded meaning. Those are terms. What is acceptable? What is not acceptable? So these are the terminologies which are used in, in mainly in the judgment and ethics, and we call them ethical terms. We talk about the, like, the terminology, the end justifies the means, and the, it does the good as the end, the good as an end, not as means. So here we are talking about standards which have been approved, regardless whether it is me or not me. I don't care in this case. The terms must be used as they have been agreed upon. So here we talk about, when talk about ethics, it goes beyond me. And in ethics, there's no honor, there's no authority, whether the Pope, whether the president, whether the priest, no, does not determine what is acceptable. Reason determines what is acceptable. If we, by human reasoning, we are talking about right reasoning, it has been agreed upon as the norm to be followed, people must follow it. If they want to change a bit, they have to give reasons. And those reasons should be temporary then. We call it contextual, situational ethics. And you have to, you have, to have more up with the principles that can govern them. We talk about meta-ethics. We talk about terms used and theories formulated and principles governing ethics. Now, in ethics, you have the principle of the principle of double effect. The principle of double effect, when do we use it? We use the principle of double effect 
that is now one of the principles double effect. We use this principle in, when we are confronted when we are at a, a, a crossroad of issues which have almost the same intensity of value. Now, here we have a pregnant mother. A pregnant mother is in danger. She had an accident. Should we keep the baby? By keeping the baby, this woman will not survive. By letting them both remain, the child and the mother will survive. So we choose. For the good of the mother to continue to survive, she can have more babies afterwards. Let us operate on her. If we remove the baby and is mature enough, we can keep the baby in the incubator. If the baby is not able to survive, at least we will save the mother. We use that principle of double effect. And we use it in many other areas where there is a dilemma because only the ethical dilemmas. Should one decide to what, even if you are terminally ill, to let your life go, should you keep this person on support machine for how long? People at times are kept on the machine for a long time, but they are not operating by themselves. But on his expense, so the doctors always have to come into that. We call it euthanasia, where they talk about the question of deciding. Do I have the right to take my life? No. But then, if there are debates, this principle of double effect is used to solve that. So, that's what we consider in meta ethics. And reason is very, very determinant also in that area. Reason is authority in ethics as an academic discipline. Reason as an authority in morality and ethical judgments is inevitable. Apart from having reason as a main authority in ethics, we should also think about if reason is not strong enough. Like when the electricity is the uh, time the interruption the electricity, if electricity can be interrupted and there is power power blackout, what do we do? We need a ge generator or other sources of uh, empowering that can continue working. After reason is an authority in ethics we find that also we need a backup that can help us in reasoning also, when reason is not enough to support everything. Your faith comes in the first backup. What does your faith say about that issue? You have given all the, you have the right reason, but what about your faith? I mean, that is a believing community has talked about that issue before you. 
you are not the first to go through that experience. And you are not the last one. You need faith as a backup to let you know what you need in order to do. So, that your faith in God and whatever is very, very important when you are judging on issues after you have reasons which you have given. Then, here, this means that you can accept it, that what promotes the interests of your faith is good. While that which does not promote the interest of your faith is bad. So, that is one of the things we need to look at. Then, another backup. Your experience. Not only knowledge, but experience. That's why you need to consult. Before you do anything, consultation. With those who have gone through the experiences, they can help you out. Therefore, in ethical matters, we don't rely on our reasoning as individuals or communities. We consult our faith. We consult those who have gone through those different experiences. So don't get stuck with issues in life. Reason, faith, and those who have experienced can help you out. Then we go to the study. Why do we study ethics as much as such? Why do we study ethics? This one, you can read by yourselves. Or you can let me know why. First of all, here I put a few four terms which I use. Cognitive. We want to consolidate more knowledge. That is one. That's a cognitive aspect. You want to consolidate more knowledge. The more knowledge you need to handle many issues in life and point of reference will be there. Hmm? Another issue about, so that one you can add on that. Cognitive about amassing knowledge for yourself. Motivational, that is. Advice is provided to people regarding what trends of life they ought to choose. So you'll be knowledgeable. You'll be able to motivate others in the choices they want to make in life. Because at this level you are regarded as you have you are better. You are well no, not can I put this way. You are well positioned when you're at the university, more than many people in this country. Because out of the 150 people who started in nursery school with you, you are the only one who is at the university. That is the statistics we have in Africa. Generally, only out of 150 have gone up to the university level. The rest remain on other levels. So for you, when you are graduating or whatever you are at this level, people have invested in you. And they trust that you can give them some creative advice. Because they have gone through a set of studies 
and you are well positioned to help them on many issues. You may not be employed, but you'll be resourceful. Those who know you, they can use you. And they can give you work. Whether paid or not paid, but the work will be there for you, motivating people. Thirdly, behavior-wise, as we study these ethics, we need to focus on the principles that govern our lives as individuals. Change among ourselves is important. So to change others and to change ourselves is important. That is the personal level. And lastly, the aim is societal uh, reason. What we are studying here, we expect it to be put into practice, not to stop in this class, but to go into the social structures in our communities. And we are looking for all models who have helped people to live ethically. For example, I can give. Now, if you are reasonable and you want to get children, you have to have a you have to have a plan. I don't want people to have a poverty, poverty, poverty. I don't believe in that. In this country, where people have some little land, I don't think somebody can lack the ability to have what you call a house where to live. You may not have a house made with the tiles. These are just, I don't know what they mean. Surface, small surface. When I studied at home, I grew up in a house where there was no small surface. It was built, there was no cement. And we lived in it. The primary school I studied in, in Ibunamaya Primary School, now it is surface, have a small surface. Every age, that was 1970s, we are collecting cow down to smear our classrooms before you go for holidays. We find the winters dry and we will not have chickens anymore because we had a smooth surface with a cow down smeared in our surface for the class. You, have, you don't have those experiences. And you, you don't need to have them because we had them. You don't need, you don't need the cement to put up a good house. Those are just luxurious things. You needed to have the ability to get the material materials there locally. You put in a small building for you. The shelter, we call it a shelter. The quality matters at one stage or the other. When you go to the internet, I always like to enjoy European sweating when I get a difference. If in Uganda we have clay, we have mud and all this, how can you fail to put up a house? How? 
question of reason. There was one gentleman who was very poor. He got a first wife, this man was a border border. The wife went away. You are a poor man. Went away. Second, he got a one baby or two. Went away. You are poor. The third one came. They told me you are a poor man. But I'm going to make you rich. Just there in Seguku. I'm going to make you rich. She came with an agenda to make the man rich. She said, from you're earning how much every day? Uh, they earn, I don't know how much they earn, but I said, I need only 3,000 shillings from you every day. The money gave it, gave it to her. Not to make the hair, but she kept that money. 3,000 after six days, how much? Is 1,800. Eh? 1,800. Uh -huh. Then after a month, after four weeks, how much is that? 720. 720. Eh? 720,000. Uh -huh. After a year, how much is that? Time is 12. 800 something. Uh, you, you have mathematics. <laughs> 84 something. This is mental work, right? Eh? Something. Eh? Okay. Now. The woman, after one year, she had about 840,000. She started making bricks. From the money, the money gave her, because they had a plot of land. And the second year, they started building. In the third year, they had a house, two-roomly house. Built by the woman, Because that was the woman's idea of saving 3,000 shillings per day. Then he told, me, told the man, this is my house. Your former women, when they come, let them stay with your mother. But she never stepped into my house. But the children, I can allow them, they can keep them here. Now the house was, the unlike the house is big. 3,000 shillings. Um, Ugandans don't get that much money per day. Times they get much. But that is now in the room, the, here in the setting which is Kampala. But the rural setting, there are many possibilities. So we need to help the people to learn, to have give them models of survival and accepting that. Ethics can help us. That woman was ethical. She knew what she wanted when she came into this marriage. Putting family structures must be clear, must be embraced. No family will be, be up without planning. Death will always be there in the family, that's not new. Children will be born, yes. Weddings will be there, but not a priority. And other ceremonies will be there. But what model do you want to have? Eating well. The body will never appreciate you. And you will die when you still wanting to eat well. And the place of eating well can even cause you damage, cholesterol and whatever. Give it a little. If this body doesn't appreciate you. In Uganda, they say, 
Once you have tasted the nice meat, it stops the brain, it records the tasting. And you, once you go there, it is forgotten that it was delicious. So, that is our ethics. Prof, the relevance, when I ask you, read more about the relevance of studying ethics to be good because you study a course and you have the reason. You have to have the cognitive, you increase the knowledge, uh, motivate people, improve your personal behavior, help people to organize themselves in different societies, have become role models. Uh, so these are the things we need for ourselves. Now we go to the package for today concerning, <clears throat> let me go back to my body. Um, so that is what is interesting. So ethics is not only just what we fabricate or we study for passing. You, are, you need to pass, you need to pass. But you need to know this is for life, it's for you. It's more, that's why we call it professional ethics. Every profession must be accompanied with some ethical values. Even being a soldier. Soldiers who are not ethically well trained, who don't have any ethics in them, they are poor soldiers, very poor. The other day, a man with a red top was just driving out. The man stopped. I said, pass. And then the driver said, eh, I've never seen a soldier with this kind of behavior. I said, no, they are there. Quality men, they entered with the conviction they wanted to be. How my grands were in the army also, they are there. They are convinced. They asked, we said, don't go to the army. They told us, no. When you want to become a priest, we are not, they didn't stop you. This is my vocation. And they are there. They've been in Somalia twice, he's back. And he's tried to behave well. And back he's the professional in the army with the faith. He makes sure he says his prayers every day, seriously. Come the time of Rosary in the month of October and May. Is the leader there leading there his fellow Christians who Catholics in the laws that they got to keep us to do this wonderful job? So ethics cuts across all professions. If you want to live happily, you can't avoid ethics. So now today we want to deal with the, the moral good and the human act. That's what in your, in your notes is already there on the graphics. The moral food and the human act. We are going to look at that. Now, the moral good, as we have it, there are many things we can talk about. The moral good is not so much. The term we use good in immorality is important. Analyzing now, here we are not talking about a person in reference to skills. A person may be good. Hmm? I think the moral good. We are talking about being so good at mathematics. Not being a or or whatever, running and all those. Those are good. Good, good footballer, skillful. No, 
Here, when we talk about the moral good, goes beyond that. Good skills is not what in difference to. We want to do look at characteristics or qualities of a good human act. I'm making a quick summary up with the notes with you. Hmm? We have seen many good <clears throat> we have seen many good teachers, but they are not good family people. I've seen good engineers, but they have failed in their family lives. Good doctors, a disaster in social living, and so forth. So being good, skillfully, and intellectually, we need it. It must be balanced with good behavior. And that's why the moral good is emphasized. So we are going to look so much about the what makes a human act good and those characteristics that make it so good. So here, an act is morally good provided any action is, can be regarded as a moral good or morally good provided it contributes to the completeness, to the perfection of a person, which I talked about to self-actualization. When you take the first step to go in this direction, you take the second step, you take the third one from your home, from where you are going to. I say, I want to go there. I'm going to the party. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the church. Wherever you want to go. Ask yourself, is it adding on to me to become the perfect person? When you begin to say you are hesitant, but I'm going, but 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 then when but it comes in the storm. Remember that the action you are going in, you are going for, is at the crossroad. Because there is a but. Already yourself, you are beginning to judge yourself with a but. Doubt. And you say when to study conscience, a doubtful conscience is not binding. I have the gun with me. Before I touch the trigger, I should know what comes out and its consequences. I should not blame the commander who told me to go to the front. Because I chose, that is my profession. I have to be sent to the front. But whatever comes out of my gun is me. I'm the in charge. I'm the driver of the car. The speed I'm driving at, should I, is it perfecting me? I was lucky, I'm still lucky. I knocked a roll, I survived. I had a venture, a venture, a venture through the cars. And now this day I don't drive, I don't drive. Because I used to enjoy driving. No, of course not in the camp, but there are no roads in Uganda. Are there roads in Uganda? The roads in Uganda. 
I've not seen him one. Now, the only road I see in Uganda beaches from Ginger to Waira to there, Kachira, yeah. where there are double ends. But the rest, these are some funny, funny. They are roads, but not highways. Of course, where I used to enjoy it to drive in Kenya, and there you can drive the speed you want at times because the roads are better off than here. And they're becoming more better than here. Ours will be better, don't mind. When they become better, I'll drive. But it's a minute, minute. For the next 10 years, I've not driven. <laughs> I've not missed it. Because there are no roads. And people abuse each other so much. To avoid abusing people and getting annoyed, I said, I'm not driving. I stopped. I tell people, take me here, take me there, and I'm comfortable. So anyway. We have that action which is to be morally good should promote your agenda. For me, you don't simply invite me for anyone. Actually, I don't go for graduation for students here. I've been with them for three years. When they're graduating, we have the graduation together. After that, I said, yeah, bye-bye. I can't be everywhere. Father, you are invited. Yes, thank you for the invitation. I'm not coming. How about other things to do? Because Attending a graduation when you are not aware you are jobless. For me, I will not make a graduation party for my child who has no job. I'll get the money and begin something for that person before I make a graduation party. People, people are free. For me, I have my thinking. People are free to make there because we have gone through a lot and what? Who has not gone through a lot? <laughs> oh, we need to celebrate once. Celebrate if you have the means. Does it complete my, perfect myself? If it helps, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, that is it. Anyway, so those are the things we need to know. Second, any action which should be morally good, provided it is compatible to your nature. Compatible, what does it mean? We talked about the human nature. Said so you have three aspects in us. We have the reasoning part, we have the feeling part, we have the feeling part. Is it a content part of your nature? Is it common to all people? Hmm? It seems that it gives us a uh, response to. Should you want to probably go inside somehow? The common person or the educated person has the idea of what a human being is and should. Now, does it promote your growth or does it make you to become a stunted in your growth? You are renting a house, mm -hmm. which is good. All of us people have never rented a house because many of them maybe we rented. But um, so, um, you are renting a house, you are having the first child, it's good. The second one, yes, it's right. The third one, yes. Oh, you are not renting, you're staying in the staff quarters of the teachers, yes. One, two, three. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think about them? How are they going to survive? When, did, when, did, when your daughter or boy turns 12, 13, 14, Begin to prepare yourself to become a grandmother, a grandfather. 
That's automatic. Alex is going to become a priest, a brother, a sister, or he's going to remain a single. But see, become, prepare to become a grand mother, a grand. And there you don't make it. There are no, you don't, you are not the determinant when you have to become the grandparent. Children behave their own way, in different way. You prepare them, but they can surprise, surprise you. Now, you live in a rental house, you become a parent in the rental house, you become a grandparent in the rental house. Now, is that promoting you? You say, Father, life is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Who told you I've lived in the simple life myself? For me, I'm lucky I was a civil servant. Nobody can challenge me. I first became a civil servant. Before I went, I went to the seminar, I left, I studied my things, and then I went became, became a civil servant. And then I went back to religious life. So I know what it means. And other went, before I went back, I left on organized life, which I'm living on, and I'm surviving on. What I organized in 1986, when I organized my life, I made a choice to organize my life that way. And has supported me up to today. So let us make sure that uh, things we do, they complete as a person. A person must plan. A person must not continue crying only. And there is a church here and you think that. People think, oh, so when you should go, uh, even if he goes. For us, I've seen many who have gone. And Uganda has not, it has changed, but families don't change. Families where there is always hatred, hatred has it remained? Remained. Where the disagreement between the auntie and the son and the whatever, the niece and the other has remained. And the president is not, the coming president is not going to work about the backlog in your family life. No. He's going to organize the state. So we have to make sure. Let us be sure. Do things that promote our human nature. Our human nature is not about wars and hatred in the family life. No, it's about organization. One American president said, the future belongs to the organized. And those who are disorganized, forget about future, which is bright. So ethics helps us in that. So here we have seen man is not a sense being, man is, has other needs, but also he has to go beyond the senses. Man is a rational and a social being that will explain in that. So all that is what we need to know, that the moral good has it, at least these three major aspects or two. That it must make you a complete person, whatever it must be, it must be compatible with the, the human Oh, yeah, true humaniness. Cutting people with the pangas is not human. Killing others is not human. Actually, you help them to leave this world earlier than you. Sooner you are going to join them. So you are not doing anything substantially good. Actually, you are damaging your family. These things we do, people think this. Today we have this spirituality that things spill over in our family tree. But it's not only today, because we are not reading the Bible properly. You're going to Exodus, chapter 20. I know, yes. Chapter 20, 
then verses, is it 4 to 3 there? I know, I, I think. Where have they talked about the Ten Commandments? Already they're they indicating that those who challenge God and do things, the things we follow, they are first to the third generation. And that's what is killing Uganda up to today. Generations are killing each other. Hmm? Dummy, they don't know the meaning of human nature. Human nature is to live amicably and to avoid good and do good and to avoid bad and do good actions. Then ethical systems address uh, address the issue of what it means to be human. So we talk about the deontology, the theology, all these so ethical systems that talk, they set what called ethical standards or norms that must be followed or principles of morality. Authentic philosophy of man is consistent, consequently an important and necessary element for the understanding of the principles of morality. So, here, in this course, we get familiarized with the standards we must follow. That's why in Uganda, we have what we call Bureau of what? Sta standards. For what? For the goods we are, which come into the country, and which should be good for consumption. Similarly, in ethics, there are standards which are set for a normal human living, and those must be followed as such. So, when standards have been set for us, they are not a burden. Are the Tony Commandments a burden for us? At times they are difficult to live, but it should not be a burden. But if you leave them well, I've not seen a person who has followed the Ten Commandments seriously. And is regretting. Nobody has ever followed them seriously and regrets. But say, how many have followed them seriously? Not the majority was was stagger. But they are there as the blueprint to follow. So that is one of the areas we need to to look at. So this one, I'm using examples of the Anglo-Saxon or whatever, but just remember, each country has a bill of standards, and humanity has these standards, or criteria for morality must be cared for. What determines these standards in morality? Is it based on one's idea of what is to be human? Yes. Now, in this, I don't want to go so much, but yeah, what is to be human? All these people set these standards, what is to be human? Now, when the Bureau of Standards in Uganda sets, what is the best standard for the goods we need to take? Actually, in Uganda, I don't take the sweets myself. Maybe you give it to me, I can take it if you give it to me by chance, but don't take the sweets. Because the standards of sweets in Uganda is not good from the experience I have. There are those which expire in Kenya, they are repacked and send it to Uganda. By you, not by Kenyans, don't abuse us Kenyans. Because at times I call myself a Kenyan, because I lived there for long. Now, it is the Ugandans. 
with the Ghana Bureau of Standards. They, con they connive and send us to the sweets here. Chocolates. I don't buy chocolates in Uganda. Mm -hmm. Bad quality coming. Whether it is in that, whether it is in that, there is supermarket. I'm not sure. I, I, I doubt their quality. Because I've seen documentaries, I've been in Europe, and I saw, and uh, when the chocolates are not good, at times melamine, how they make uh, the whatever, extremely, they put some little melamine in the chocolate, but there's a quantity must be put. In Europe, when they check it, it has not qualified, they flushed back to China. And Ugandans, when they go to China, what do they do? They look for cheap, the cheap things bring them here. And then your child begins to take those things and then you have teeth decay and whatever. You know, when we were growing up, we took sweets, but we have the rate of tooth decay was not as it is today. But people are free to do what they want and they for me, I made a choice not to take because. So, who is setting these standards? It's country. But now, for morality, the standards based on how do they look at a human being? When you look at the way uh, the communism looks at humanity, a human being is a functional being, a working machine. So, they are workers, functional relationships. When you look at other countries which have democracies, then they talk about human rights, speech of whatever expression and all that. So human being must talk, must dialogue. It's not to be just commanded to do this and that. So here, what determines morality is the way we look at it, the human person, the idea of being human. And this is reflected in each of these moralities. That brings me to this notion of the Shumani, the notion of the Shumani Act. Shumani Act. Today I'm so quick because you have the notes with you and you can gamble with me. Where you start asking me, please, that's what I want to tell you. Now, Shumani Act. We are born morally good. Are we born morally good or evil? No. Evil. We are born free. Children are not, you can say this is a bad child and whatever. Okay, in the theory you can say we have some damaged aspects, original sin, that is in the theory. But in morality, when you look at a child, a younger child, innocent as it is, can you say this child is going to be a thief? And, we, and everybody loves, if you are normal, everybody loves to embrace children. They are very enterprising. They have nobody to hate. Even if you, even if you punish them a bit, a mother, they come back to you. They have nowhere to go. They know they are, and they are in your hands. So, here we can say goodness about moral issues and badness depend on performance. And when we, when we begin to become performers, that's when a child has attained it. Help me in this way. 
when we begin to become real performers of our actions, if we said that reason is the authority in ethics, that's what we said. Yeah? I said reason is the authority in ethics. That's what we said. And we agreed upon. Now, when does the child begin to attain true reason? Roughly at what age? Generally, it's at the age of seven. A child is now able to reason. These are the things we do before that is adaptation and some behavior like that, funny, funny things. But with the seven, generally in the Catholic Church, we not allow a child who is not seven to begin to receive first holy communion. Because you not that they know what it's going to receive, just you not understand what we are talking about. That's why that's the time seven is a good age to begin in primary school. Is it too late? That's a good age. That's why in Finland, no child can enter a school, primary school, unless you are seven years old. And it has been proved that in the Western world, in Europe, the Finnish, the Finnish or the, those children from Finland, when they go for the competency tests, they are more brighter than others because they enter school at the right age of reason. Others may gamble, begin at five, primary one, begin at six, but for them they are stuck on seven. You can stay in the kindergarten and enjoy, but only after seven. When you are seven, you can join a primary school. Because they know you are not constrained and you are not going to be strained. Yes. Let us go now physically. When I look at you, I don't take you for granted. You are... I too see lines. When I look at you, behind you, there are two lines following you. There's the line of your father and the line of your mother in you. Physically, biologically. Is that the truth? That's the truth. We don't see them, but we, if you are serious, when you look at a person, that's what you must say. You are a mystery, a combination of between the lineage of your mother and the lineage of your father. And I don't take you for granted. Now, among this lineage, some of them people were very good and others were not good. And at times, as we are born, we are born with some of those traits. We call them in the psychology as we study it. 
you call them what? The inherited traits which you bring over with us as we come into this world. Anger and whatever, short tempered goodness, those are things they are there. And we come, you resemble your grandfather, you resemble Samson, like that. And even his successes, maybe you can also, I don't know, that one I've not researched much, but also the successes come with us. But then also we have what we call the environmental factor. Apart from the heritage factors, where you have grown up, where you have grown up that when your mother comes in there, that if she does anything antisocial during the time of your pregnancy, she's doing, she's doing a disservice to you. Because things in her life are beginning to enter into your life when you're still in the womb. And that's what your song believe. But then that's not the end of the story. After the age of seven, and you know, you, the reasoning of your mother is not your reasoning. Her mother, your mother reasoned in another way. Your father reasoned in another way. Though lineage in you, which made you. But your reasoning is yours now. That when ethics comes in, we go beyond the morality and then we say, now it is me standing in the action I'm doing. Not your mother. Don't you have the influences are there. If my mother was stealing and whatever it enters into me, can't I fight it? Don't I have the inner energy to fight all this? You have the ability to fight it. Don't make so much a reference to your mother. Oh, my father never built a house. Also, I died without building a house. You know, that was their business. Oh, Uganda has been fighting for many years. Oh, the next generation should be fighting. No, that is bullshit. Eh? We call it in English. Sorry if you use those terms, but we use them in English. Eh? Don't get paralyzed by where you come from, by the badness of the people you have lived with. Roar out. You can become a different person altogether if you choose to make a destiny for yourself. And that's why you are going to talk about the human act. It is your action. As we sing in the church, it's me standing in the middle of prayer. Not my mother, not my sister, not my brother, but it is me. Prayer is yours. Your mother can help you to pray, but when it comes to me, my mother was never a priest. My father was never, but I'm a priest. And I'm standing in here. I'm not telling my brothers to become priests because they, that is, was not their calling. My elder brother tried, he, he didn't manage, and that's all, that's okay. And he's doing, he's comfortable with his life. Eh? And so forth. We are still be, ethics helps us come out. Not because I've grown up in Uganda, I should choose a virus. Which uh, Uganda is not only really violent. Uganda is a wonderful place. Violence is just a small part of this country. And a small part of this in the area. We can overcome it in the shortest time possible. If we choose. And everybody choose reasonably. To be actually, to should have already gone away. We, we are too late. We have too late. For us who lived with Amin, we thought it is going to remain with Amin, but it has multiplied and in the up to today. And we will pity you. We wouldn't have loved you to go through this. And we should blame ourselves as elders 
for the mistakes we have done. If we, if we are just, we should be on our knees telling our children and grandchildren who have messed up. So that's what we need to do in ethics. Your mother may have those things, but now liberate yourself. You have the authority. Reason is yours. And that's why when somebody reaches a reasonable age, you begin to be judged accordingly to the things you have done yourself. When they punish you, they don't punish your mother. There's a punishment. You brought up this child badly, but he's in this mess. But you are punishing this child. And the punishment of the child will affect the mother or the parents and so forth. But it's the person who does the things. Now, we have the human act as such. No, we have the, let's begin with acts of man. What are these acts of man? Acts of man. These are things that would arise from my emotions, from my feelings. And we call them involuntary actions. Involuntary. Acts. They are not voluntary. Meaning they don't arise out of my will. And at times they go beyond my control. And I'm not even aware that they are happening at times. These are things we perform not because we know them very well. Now, since morning you have been bringing, how many times have you been bringing? But I've been performed, that is, an act. That is a human act. No, no, that is an act of man. The things we do, which have no, we don't control them ourselves. And they're beyond our control. We call them acts of man. Even animals perform them. Hmm? Many man performs many acts which are apparently have the same characteristics like animals, even in plants. Breathing, yeah. you have been breathing. Plants breathe in and out. They breathe in what? Carbon dioxide, and they give us. For your breathing, oxygen, and you give carbon. The plants have been breathing, and you are breathing. How many times have you been, since you are born, how many times have you been breathing? How many cages of oxygen have you been enjoying? Until the COVID came and realized that oxygen is very important. And they sell it in millions. But now, the millions we have eh, of cages we have oxygen we have used up so far, we have to be very grateful. But those are things we do. You breathe out and so forth. But then you have to breathe in good air. 
And then you have to brush your teeth every day and make sure uh, things are better off worked upon. Oh, that's okay. But then, those actions we do, we have, we have not really thought of them. We call them acts of man. Like now, if something bangs here, boom! Some will run through the window, another through the door, another will go to the staircase, another on this way. Uh, and then because there, we know that that is not your decision. You have reacted. The adrenal grants, whatever I have extracted, some will run faster than others. Those are instinctive, sensitive things that happen. So these things we done, which we do without our full knowledge, we call them uh, humanity. We call them acts of man. But they can be modified by knowledge and freedom because animals do them and we do them, but for us, animals eat. But to make eating, people simply eat, and they don't enjoy the meal. But if you want to enjoy the meal, if you, are, you want to make eating your action, you want to make the freedom, you go there, ah, please, I want to eat this, 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 and this. Ah, all right. The quantity, you decide the quantity, depending on the money you have or the soul. That will be now, we are going to what we call the level of the human act, we are going to see what entails in the human act. But all these things we do, eh? we have to be very careful. Animals are trained and conditioned by reward and punishment, by pleasure and pain, and they do not really learn intellectually. Now, for, have we understood what an act of man is? Eh? All those things you do, where you have no much knowledge, we are simply reacting, not acting, and we yourself done by animals and we do them, and we have not made a choice to do them. When it comes to a human act, three things must be considered. Whatever might be recorded as a human act must be done Knowingly. Second, it must be done willingly. And third, it must be done cautiously. You must know it is what? You must know the object you are engaged with. I'm holding a gun. You know how the gun functions? Yes. I'm dealing with the petrol. I'm in the Sierra Leone. Today they are burying about 115 people. I'm dealing with the petrol. The petrol tanker is the, has that has problem and beginning scooping. When you are scooping petrol, hiding in, you know that there are people who don't know how to work. 
and eventually the tank exploded. You know, petrol is very explosive. Because of poverty, is it because of poverty? I'm not sure about that. Then the person said, because, is it because of poverty people came to steal petrol? But even if you are poor, you don't reason this thing is going to damage me, my friend. The poor people just expose themselves like that. Because I've never been poor, I don't know what poverty is. I've never been poor. I've lived in a peasant situation. We never had electricity at home. We never had cement in the house at home in the beginning. These things came later. I've been working normally digging and the rural area, and I'm still doing it. But I've never had it. I don't know what it means to go hungry. I've never had a time when I lacked food. I've never, I've not had that experience. I never lacked school fees. My father managed. I've never been a chest away to the class. I don't know how the emotional part of it when the others are staying in the class and you are out. I don't have that emotional part. I don't know how to be. So I've never been poor. And I'm working not to die, so that I die not in that misery of poverty. But I've not lived in Iraq either. I've lived a normal life. Now, we are talking of when you are touching an object, when you are holding a child, do you squeeze the, the hand? No, because you know the bond are not yet. Now, if you are a soldier and you are getting a person like this, taking them in the air, throw them under the Are you sure you are dealing with wood or with iron or with bones? When you are piercing people's feet with whatever, with electricity, and make them like that of Sekirinya, are you sure you are, you are putting in things you are dealing with bricks or with the flesh? No, that's not life. have to be reasonable. I, you know, for me, I don't believe in foolish political salary, which is in Uganda. That's me, because I studied political science. That's not politics. We are in political salary. These are thieves according to me, to my definition of meta-ethics. And it's nowhere in prison management that you arrest somebody and you hurt them. Because you are doing discredited. I noticed here, you see you later. Uh -huh. Now, so, one of the things you have to notice that a human act, know what you are dealing with. Whether if a child has made a mistake, when you're slapping, don't put too much pressure. Deal with the whatever. Deal with the people. Deal with the objects. If you're handling wood, you're handling wood. If you're handling iron, you're handling iron. If you're handling the body of a person, remember, has the feelings. However much wrong they have done. Freedom. This can work a bit because at times we are coerced to do things. I pity soldiers. So I'm not one yet, and I'm not sure I'll be yet. They're my friend. I worked with them as a chaplain in Kenya yet, but I pity them. Do you understand the freedom they have? They don't have freedom, these poor people. Do you understand the freedom? 
of their wives. That's what I pity. I pity that one in Uganda. Nobody understands the free, the challenges of the women, of the soldiers, what they go through. I've seen it in Kenya. I asked the mother, when you have uh, calls from the working with the, these people, who those who carry the rights, just see you in Kenya. Ask the mother. Now, when your husband goes to query the right, what do you do? As soon as the husband, the Lord, leaves the quarter guard and they're out, we begin to pray. Because daddy is not a soldier. For me, he's my husband. For you, you see a soldier. For me, I see my husband, the father of these children. I pray that he comes back alive. I pray that it comes back with not any hand hit or whatever. Because once the, their limbs are broken or whatever goes to them, who cares for them? Not the government. Which body feels the pain? The body of a government, of a particular soldier. Who finds the problem? The woman to care for the husband. The children, daddy is in pain, they also are in pain. To consider all that. And for me, I find it a pity for this country. I've worked in other countries as a chaplain in there, and I know what it means for the wife of a soldier, the husband of a soldier, policewoman, and their children. So, how to do things willingly? Freedom. Freedom is very important. Then consciously, you have to know why, full aware of what is going on when you are dealing with those things. Do you know why you are aware of what is going on? I'm aware of the things that we are dealing with. Make sure you are full aware that you are there. Before you, you, you stretch your hand, make sure you feel your hand stretched. It is going in the air. Feel it. You are going to slap. It is your hand. Do you feel it? And the, the weight it goes with, and the other, the, the other person, what is going to feel. Then you notice your action. At times we just react. And what we have done is not this, it is this. Why did you do that? <laughs> I don't know that idea. Then they cry. Why did you use the knife? I just picked the knife. And then, but you, the person is already bleeding. You acted like an animal. You are not full aware. You are, maybe you saw the person. But did you feel that they are going to pierce that person? To that interest. And that's because the object you picked which was around your arm that put you there. Times when you're angry, we don't act. So that we do here as animals. Once you step on a snake, what does it do? It bites Hit a dog badly, come back and joke with the cat to scratch you. These are animal things we are doing. Very few of our actions, but we have to sit down and say what I'm doing is my action 
not the action which I imported from my grandparents because we are losing temper quicker and so forth. That is your package to lead you here and you not only actions. So that ethics pushes us in that direction. But at times we forget what we study in class. And when it comes in our homes, you find that the wife has made an utterance and the man begins to beat. Whatever, all those kind of things. We are in a school setting, food is lacking, and immediately, McKinley style, people begin throwing stone, stones because the food is lacking. What is the coordination between a bad food and playing with the window panes? Where is the coordination? Smashing people in the class, go to Katana, steal food uh, from vendors. You have been annoyed because the food is not good. How do you connect you with destroying the property? Or if somebody has mistreated you, the bad leader is there. No, no, you know, I don't believe in reckless demonstrations. I don't, I don't condone rights, right? Strikes. Uh, no, sit down and strikes, I call. But reckless demonstrations, destroying people's property, is not part of this. It goes to the animal part. So we should gauge now our actions we do. We should be guided by reasoning, that is knowledge, knowing, guided by freedom, and guided by consciously controlled, consciously controlled, aware exactly while we are moving on in our lives. Ah, now, that's the time. It is already, but I have another lecture. So I'm going to stop somewhere. When you see me stopping somewhere soon, don't uh, blame me. Uh, they, they made things to matter so much. There's so much. I have to give you a package of these few hours, but I have at least have materials to read. You can read it by yourself. Then we top up and finish it next time. Therefore, now here we have this. Are we understood what the difference between a human act and the act of man? Is that now lawyers when they are arguing, they are their cases in, in the different setting in the court. This is where they basically sell to prove whether it was your action or you just acted irrationally. But also, as a human being. You are punished for falling in trap of this. And also you are punished if you did things knowingly. That's why at times the people in the law court begin by denying. And you acknowledge the case as something I don't know, I don't acknowledge. In other countries, when you acknowledge the case is right, listen, because you did it knowingly. You sold that land knowingly. You bought it knowingly. Then you are full aware and you actually had a full knowledge of the object you are engaged with. So that is the human act. Generally, the sources of morality, where does we say the, the authority of morality is reason? But where do we get all these things we are discussing? There are three sources of morality. 
All these things we are talking about is because God created us like this. So God is the source. God, the Almighty God, whatever you call that, what is beyond us as humans and creatures. Then after that, society has experienced all this time. And with experiencing, they came up to say, this is accommodated and this is acceptable. And so this is not good for us. Society also is a source. Then, thirdly, you are reasoning. You begin to reason about these things. Is it reasonable for a human being or not? So, then here there are some factors that determine one's conduct or behavior in a given situation. Read through them. I'll begin with that next time as we go on. So have a blessed day. And we meet on Thursday. If in this model or you're online, you let me know.